And we are back to discuss more Mandalorian. This time we're uh, discussing episode four, directed by Carl Weathers, called called The Siege. Uh, and it wasn't really a siege. It was more like a an attack. They didn't. It was more. It was more like it was more like a, a murder, a, a like a mass murder of people. <laughs> Pretty just, much. Just they just assaulted this place. They didn't really lay. They just assaulted to it. the place. <clears throat> What's funny about it is, it's only after the fact do they kind of determine that they're doing shady stuff. But they went in murdering all these people, like with with no information on them having done anything wrong, right? Well, they're empire, so they have to have done something wrong at some point. They're empire, and therefore, you know, you can just kill everybody, right? Yes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's exactly how it works, Preston. I mean, does it, though? Because here's here's the thing about, like, I kind of feel that the new trilogy uh, with Finn, like, let's, let's, like, the cat out of the bag, it lets the toothpaste out of the tube, on on whether it's moral to just slaughter stormtroopers, right? Like we've we've established that not all stormtroopers are bad. Stormtroopers are 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 regular human beings that have like mixed ideas and are unique. And <clears throat> if if you know you're just gonna go in and slaughter them, um, you know, it's these are people that are what taken from their families and forced into uh, labor. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know, they just, they just arrive and start slaughtering them. <clears throat> Feel kind of bad. Feel kind of bad. I mean, there's a lot of death. They killed a lot of people this episode. Th- this episode, they really did kill a lot of people. And there was one scene in particular I thought was really ridiculous. It, it, it started out cool. And then there was something stupid, and then it ended kind of cool. We'll get into it. Um, can okay, I start the okay. summary? Sure thing. Sweet. So, escaping Trask, uh, the Mandalorian and the child take a detour on the way to Corvus to repair their ship. Uh, they land on Navarro, and there they reunite with Cara Dune and Grief Karga, Carl Weathers' character. Ta- and- Tatooine Part 2, right? Because it's just... I w- see, I, I wouldn't mean- say it's Tatooine Part 2 because it's kind of a lava planet. Okay. <sighs> So I wish a, we would have seen. It's a more right, dry Mustafar. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's desolate. So, so I I used to live in the Middle East, and I lived in Jordan for a number of years, and I lived in Egypt for a number of years. And one thing I learned, having now lived lived in the desert for for uh, this amount of time, is there's a lot of different types of desert. There's like I can write. There's like thirty different types of deserts. Like really? you kind of think of like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you kind of think, like, oh, desert planet. Like, you want these, like, golden sand dunes. Golden sand dunes are actually pretty are pretty rare. Like, mm. like a lot of desert is, like, just endless mud that goes on forever. Or it's, like, tiny little stones that go on, go on forever. Or you can have thick sand, powdery sand. Like, all sorts of weird different types. Um, so most so of the Nevada rocky, desert. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's uh, you know, it it's each has a different feel. Like I would I would never say that like the the desert of of Wadi Rum in, in southern in southern Jordan is anything like the deserts uh, outside of the pyramids in Cairo. Like just completely different feel, completely different sand, um, you know, completely different like 
like atmosphere of everything. And even in, even in like Egypt, there's like the white desert and the black desert. You go out to the white desert and there's these calcium uh, deposits and they're all powdery and chalky. And then you go to the black desert and there's these black hills of, of, of black rocky stones everywhere. You, you get, you know, it's all desert, <laughs> but different, right? So like, yes, this is a desert planet, but it's not Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. Tatooine it's a bit yeah. more volcanic than that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was about to say, I wish there was more lava last time. But then I was like, oh, right. IG-88 died in a lava river. I guess there was lava last time. By the way, it's a blink and you'll miss it scene. As the Mando is walking in town, there's actually a statue of IG-88 in the town. Oh, by the way, I keep calling him IG-88 as a joke. Like, I understand he's IG-11, but he's fucking IG-88. Yeah, pretty much. Continue on. (laughs) Continue on. (laughs) So, while he's getting his ship repaired, Mandalorian agrees to help Dune and Karga destroy an Imperial base on Navarro. While destroying the base, they discover that it was used for cloning experimentation and that the child's blood was used in some of the experiments. Uh, They escape the base. His his M count. His M count. The Mandalorian, yeah, uh, uh, the, not Mandalorian, the Midichlorian, yeah. 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 The M count. Uh, sounds better when they, when they talk about it that way. <laughs> so they escape the base, pursued by stormtroopers on speeder bikes and TIE fighters. Uh, Dune and Karga manage to kill the stormtroopers while Mando eliminates the TIE fighters with his just-repaired ship. As the Mandalorian mm. and the child leave for Corvus, they are unaware that an Imperial spy has planted a tracker on his ship. So that's the basic too long didn't read summary of it um real quick i just want to say i don't know if you noticed this but this the, the dialogue in this episode was really clunky like it felt yeah, off yeah. and the fact that we got the blue guy again the, the blue guy from the premiere of season one i i he just felt off as well and mandalorian he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fit with the party like i, I mm. i'll grant that he's he was probably the most interesting character um I think he grounds you. I think you're imagining yourself as the blue guy. Like they needed an everyman. Like I guess. Otherwise, I would argue like, against that. Like he felt very yeah. awkward in the whole thing, and the fact that they kind of verbally abuse him, like "Get in there, hurry up." I mean, no I, I, I was just like, I was just like, okay, so we're just going ahead and like saying like slavery is okay in this episode, right? Carl Weathers is a slaver, right? He's <laughs> he's like taking this guy on, in in like debt servitude for the guy's entire life it's it's slavery and he forcing him into these dangerous situations um yeah no that it's just weird it's just man our characters suck like they really suck as human beings (laughs) well he directed this episode so i mean yeah it sounds like he's done it was directed fine. I, I wouldn't say I was th- thinking about that as Carl Weathers directed it. I was like, oh, you know, it was fine. Oh, no, it was fine. And and I will say the graphics for this episode were fucking phenomenal. Like the whole thing yeah. just looked great. The TIE fighters, the the speeder bikes, like the whole thing looked I, amazing. I was, I was actually saying like I was thinking during this during this episode. Wow, this is this is movie quality. Like it everything. Is. There was only one moment. There was only one moment when they were when the uh, speeder bike stormtroopers were riding where they looked a little they looked a little mechanical, and that was it. The rest of them, I'm just like, wow, these action sequences are what you would get in a movie. Um, and I saw, so I, I mean, I, I I thought that I was like, wow, this is really 
how far we've come, right? That a mm-hmm. regular show on TV has this, this kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, to me, the dialogue felt a little clunky from time to time. It felt a little not believable. And not to mention, I'm going to sound like a major asshole when I say this. It feels weird watching an older man like Carl Weathers run and gun and do that stuff. It felt weird when we watched Picard <laughs> do it. Like, like John Luke Picard is an older man. Like Patrick Stewart is an older guy now. And I felt weird watching him with this younger woman, like just do these action scenes. And it kind of feels weird with Carl Weathers doing it as well. Yeah. So did I ever tell you about, I, I'm sure I have because, because Carmine and I have now known each other a long time and, you know, we we start, we talk about movies, and I'll repeat myself. But but there's this movie with Anthony Hopkins and Chris um, um, Rock, and it's 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 called Bad Company, and it's it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's horrible. Sounds horrible already. Don't don't see it. Don't. See, I mean, it's just one of these just like cookie cutter like you know, he's a CIA agent and then he gets pulled in and Chris Rock is going to save his funny non sequiturs, you know, mm-hmm. that that don't land at all. But what's hilarious is, you know, even though this came out in like 2002 or something, like Anthony Hopkins, he's ancient now, but when, when this came out, he was still in his like mid to late 60s, mm-hmm. right? Not an action star, not an action. Like Anthony Hopkins as a young man wouldn't be an action star, but Anthony Hopkins as an old man is certainly not an action star. He's, he's <laughs> you know, he's he's become a big man. He's gained his weight in his old age. And they have all of these ridiculous scenes where where there, there's so much running in this movie. And they'll run down a hallway and Chris, you know, Chris Rock will be ahead. And in the scene, which is like three seconds, he'll like, gain another like 20 feet leaving anthony hopkins behind but then they'll turn a corner and all of a sudden anthony hopkins will have caught up and then they turn another and then then he, he like loses ground because he's a fat old man and then chris rock will turn Jesus. another corner and he's like caught up they were doing the same shit in this episode right they yeah. were running down corridors and like somebody would like fall behind and then they turn a corner and they're all caught up and I, like the same thing i was just like oh god they're doing that but yeah, how how old how old's Carl Weathers at this point? I have no. Let me check real quick. I uh, I can check right now. He is he um, is seventy two motherfucking years old. He's seventy two. Yeah, holy shit. Seventy seventy two years old. Now he looks fucking awesome for seventy two. Don't get me wrong, but Jesus, you're doing an action scene at seventy two. Seventy two years old. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, all right. <laughs> well, wow. you know, I, I, I like I feel like a dick saying that, but it just it looks weird. And the other thing that I also noticed about this episode is that when they kill the stormtroopers, the stormtroopers now have like they're not doing like the 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 Wilhelm scream, where it's like ah, no, they're like yeah, like yeah. horrifically dying, and they're making you known that they're horrifically dying. Ah! Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a scene where, and I remember this, <clears throat> they had two stormtroopers were on the control panel trying to like undo what they'd done. And one of the stormtroopers is up high and then he drops and he's screaming to his death. And then they focus on the other two stormtroopers looking down at their at their comrade 
falling to his death into lava. And there's this moment of like, even though they have masks on, you still get this feeling of, oh shit, like, like that guy died. That sucks. Like you still get that feeling that like emotion through the, they, they somehow emote through their masks, you know, of, of, of that like death. It's, uh, yeah, it's horrible. I also find it fucking insane how the Empire can afford all these super weapons, but they can't afford to put guard railings on, like, like things that need guard railings on. I like, mean, they this this could no one would have done that had it not been in the Death Star that way. True. Right? This was clearly an homage to the Death Star. Um, like this, it was the same. It was the same control panel, the same lack of guard railing, the same. Uh, sounds when he clicked stuff. It would work. Same bars, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I just find it so, funny. Like, just, they're still doing it, but you're right. It's, it's a homage. Um, or homage, sorry. Um, yeah, th- there there really isn't much to talk about with this episode because the pacing was weird for me. The dialogue was a bit clunky. It wasn't really much of a siege, more as it wasn't a song. It was a 95% action based episode right there was very little dialogue and the dialogue that was there was essentially blue guy not wanting to do something and carl weathers yelling at him saying do this bitch you know yeah i'm gonna take 10 years off of your your slavery your 350 years of slavery honestly <laughs> i thought the action. only reason they brought him there was because we needed a casualty we can't have Kara and grief and and mando die so blue guy is gonna die did he die no, he didn't die, to my disappointment. He I, didn't I, die. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't die. Yeah. I mean, I think he was there because there would be no dialogue without him. Like, otherwise it would be three three people that were, you, you know how they do action scenes in movies where it's like three experienced military people and they all like lift their fists and like point and everyone has their little, their little raid sign language stuff going on. They would have been doing that. Uh, but then they got blue guy here to be like, what, what? I'm not going in there. What? There's no, there's no hand railing. The comedic guy that has to, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it reminds me of like Rob Schneider from like the Dread movie. with Sylvester Stallone ever see that? Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. But um, <laughs> the meat and potatoes of this episode is essentially, it, it kind of advances the plot for Navarro, which is our home base mm. planet. That's the planet where Mando first starts off at. That's where the Mandalorian yeah. cult originally was. That's where Grief and Cardoon are. Um, but the, the, other, the, the other main meat and potatoes of this is that we finally find out what the hell is happening with the child. Why, why Gideon wants the child yeah, and what ab- they were absolutely. doing. Um. By the way, it's like everything is, I mean, this is consistent with the movies, but it's such a small world. Like the same scientist from the previous episode happens to be the scientist in the, in the, uh, the message. And then the rebel at the end happens to be the same rebel. The guy from Kim's Convenience happens to be the same rebel to stop by and interview Cara Dune. Well, they did you know? establish that they're patrolling the Outer Rim territories and I guess the Navarro's mm-hmm. in the Outer Rim territories. But um, so... The, the basic assumption here is that uh, Gideon is using Baby Yoda to make right. these weird soldiers that we see at the end. I couldn't tell if they were an- if they were droids or maybe people. I think they were. Um... Yeah, it was very uh, it was very Sigourney Weaver's uh, alien resurrection kind of t- tubes of, of 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 test subjects in there. Right. Because they had like droid like hands, but it, they look like people in armor. So I'm I'm a little little like 
iffy on that. Mm. I mean, they're clearly like what trying to trying to create force based soldiers of some sort by like taking the blood from a force sensitive individual and trying to use the transfusions to like create some sort of force uh, soldiers of some sort. So it's not, it sounded like they were either doing that or they were trying to create force sense, artificially create force sensitive people by using the blood and trying to research it more. Um, because, because yeah. you could argue that Gideon maybe himself wants to be a force user like Palpatine was, because I think, right. I think it was, I don't remember. It might be canon that the, the empire itself knows that what Palpatine really is, that he has the force. I think either that or only a very few select people high up in the empire know that Palpatine is force sensitive, but it, it, it seems like either they're using baby Yoda's blood to try and artificially create force sensitives, or they're using it to create an artificially force sensitive army of like clone <laughs> droid hybrids. Yeah. Um, who what's the name of the uh the moth um that he chokes in in uh start in um the original Star Wars? I forgot the guy's name, but uh, uh I know you're talking about Mahdi? No, no, wait. Mahdi. Uh, yeah. Um I mean certainly from Mahdi's position, like Mahdi doesn't seem to know that the Emperor has the force, you know, because he wouldn't have been so stupid. I mean, it's what he was pretty fucking stupid in the first place by like insulting Darth Vader to his face about his about his religion. Um, but I guess he, you know, it would be really stupid had he had he insulted the uh, the emperor's religion. Mm -hmm. fucked everybody, you know. Uh, your old religion is 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 pathetic and outdated. It only ruled the the emperor and his and his right hand man only practice it, and it was only been you know gone for eighteen years, twenty years. But <laughs> pathetic. Uh, anyway, continue. The other major thing is that now that Gideon has a tracker on Mando's ship, Gideon can appear at any point, any time in the next few episodes, and it would make sense. Which I kind of like. That that closes up that potential plot hole there. The other thing that we also get that's a huge thing, and I'm, I'm about to nerd out for a minute here, is the implication that Gideon doesn't have a Star Destroyer. He has a light Imperial cruiser. And yeah, yeah. those light Imperial cruisers are usually used for patrolling or to back up actual Star Destroyers. Now, Gideon is a warlord, I guess, and the fact that he doesn't have a Star Destroyer could mean a bunch of things. I could be overthinking it, but it could also mean that um, Gideon wasn't chosen to flee into unknown regions with the other Imperials. He was either left behind on purpose, or he chose to stay behind, or he's could be in the known galaxy for other reasons. Because um, someone on Star Wars Leaks subreddit, shout out to... Uh, mm. Uh, Actuleto, I think I said his name right, um, compiled this together. You can actually hear John Williams' Snoke theme when Grief Karga, Mando, and Cara Dune are checking out the, the tanks. So, Oh, really? Yeah, so for some reason, Palpatine was able to make Snoke and clone him several times and still have Snoke use the Force. The real reason is because 
Palpatine was never said to come back in the final movie. They just came that they just right, right, right. But I guess they're trying to fix it up here because the reason Palpatine was able to clone <clears throat> Snoke is, I guess, dark side magic. Maybe, just maybe, Gideon's research here is probably going to either be stolen or he's maybe doing it on purpose to send the info back to Palpatine in unknown regions. So, yeah, because they did do the Snoke theme on purpose when they were looking at the tank. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, you know, they one could say, well, they just had this 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 music and they wanted a creepy sounding music or something. But it is odd that they use the Snoke theme. Because if you were, if, you know, if I were looking at the story just from like what we've seen on Mando, we, we kind of think that like, okay, this dark, this Moff Gideon, he, he has fled to the, the, the outer rim because the, the, the new Republic is controlling the, the inner planets and he needs to hide somewhere. So mm -hmm. he's going to hide on these outer rim planets where there's not much, if any, new Republic uh, influence or control. He's got this ship that, um, you know, it's it's not a Star Destroyer because that's he just doesn't have the power. They, they they of course do the homage where you know they show it from underneath and this and it's 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 going just like in all of the movies, but it's it's not. It's a, it's a much smaller ship. So I don't know. I mean, this is his um, this is his chance to reestablish the Empire is to steal force sensitive creatures and try to do science experiments to create force a force sensitive army uh i guess you know? but like i said we don't know if he was left behind on purpose because when disney bought out the canon they wanted to uh basic when disney bought out star wars they wanted to put out what happened after return of the jedi and basically what happened was a year after the battle of endor uh, the, the rebels in the Empire had one final gigantic battle over the planet of Jakku, and the Empire yeah. lost. Those that retreated managed to grab a few other Imperials, and then a bunch of them retreated into unknown regions. Of course, some other undesirable, undesirable Imperials were left behind in a known galaxy, and mm -hmm. those were the ones stuck fighting the rebels. Oftentimes, they were losing. Sometimes, they had to be mercenaries, kind of like the... Um, the older man from episode one of a uh, season one, I forgot his name. Uh, he and his yeah. uh, dirty stormtroopers were essentially like uh, mercenaries. Um, I don't know if Gideon was left behind on purpose, or maybe he chose to stay behind, or you know, maybe he's there for an ulterior ul ulterior motive that has to do with the Force cloning. But it it should be hard to clone Jedi or Force sensitives at all. Now, do you think they're they're trying? Are they trying to do it with the prequels? Did and they're over explaining everything like they're gonna like i think the mandalorian's probably gonna go at least five seasons and so are they are they gonna eventually get to this is where the first order came from you know you think they're gonna go that far and be like these are the seeds for the first order well the first like order like, we kind of already know where they came from uh like, like i said a bunch of imperials managed to gather up a lot of their allies and retreat into unknown regions where snoke um, help them navigate unknown regions, making them into the First Order until they can come back like 25 years later and have this Cold War with a new Republic until they eventually they strike and Force Awakens with the uh, Starkiller base. Now, where it gets annoyingly confusing, and this is the problem with Rise of Skywalker, is that at one point in time, there are three Imperial 
groups. There's Palpatine's final order on Exegol, which was hidden from everybody. There was the Empire turned First Order in unknown regions, not on Exegol. And then you have Imperial warlords, a bunch of them in the known galaxy, vying for control of their own sectors or just trying to survive. And Gideon is one of these warlords. Um, He could be trying to make clone hybrid people with droids because like i said like if you go back one of them ha- like a lot of those guys have like a droid hand from what i could see right but then i'm I'm also thinking about about luke in his in his tub in empire strikes back like he mm-hmm. had a bunch of shit on him you know so you know what what is part of them and what is just something trying to keep them alive well this could also be like the dark trooper thing that we saw in the original legends i don't know if you remember the dark troopers yeah, now, yeah, no, I, I do. Um, and I'm also thinking about, so at the end of the episode, they 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 had the, uh, they expand on the room and they show all these, you know, shock trooper armors. And you're supposed to be like, oh man, he's got all these shock troopers. The shock troopers weren't really that great in the, in the last episode of last season. <laughs> you, you mean know, the, like, you mean the, uh, the death troopers, I believe? Yeah, yeah, the Death Troopers. Like, looking at the, you know, them expanding on his room of whatever 30, 40 of those suits, you know, I was not impressed. Unless, like, those troopers are supposed to be Force-sensitive guys. Like, it's only impressive, right, if they, like, if those guys are going to be the Force-sensitive army. But... I don't know. Well, we've also had hybrid humans with uh, droids before. I mean, Darth Vader like has more mechanical parts in him than he does have like flesh. I mean, it, it, it's it's completely it's a completely possible thing that that's what we're gonna get. So, and, and I don't know how I feel about that because honestly, mm, depends on how it's done. Like, depends on how it's done because I kind of wanted Dark Troopers to be a thing in the new canon because they were super cool in the original canon and they had like its own like special Star Destroyer looking ship where like they were made and all that stuff. So, yeah, eh, like it depends. We'll we'll see how it's done. But the overall episode um, felt like mindless action with bits and pieces of plot to give us into the next episode, which is supposed to be really long. Oh, really? The next one's going to be super long? The next one is supposedly titled The Jedi. And it's supposed to be very long. Well, they're they're really getting into things. Um, I mean, I I was not expecting them to reveal the big freaking mystery of why they want Baby Yoda so quickly. When they just like slipped that in, I was like, whoa! They they, they just told us. They just told us the big mystery of like what what they were looking for. They could have held that, that off for another couple seasons. Well, according to uh, Giancarlo Esposito, um, <laughs> he, he even said I, in an interview, like, if we ever get to, like, season four or five, that's when the real questions start to be explained. Um, so. And I'm like, they just answered them last, <laughs> last episode. See, we think we, we got an answer. They could do, like, a complete 180. So we'll have to see. But um, the episode was actually okay. I felt as though episode three was much better. This one was, was okay. I thought it was... Real quick before we, we move on from this, because I actually have a couple things I want to discuss with you. Sure. Um, the dumbest scene ever, I think in Mando ever, was when when Grief Karga and Cara Dune escape on the transporter thing, and and 
super cool. You know, the scout troopers come out and they're on their bikes and they go mm-hmm. zoom, yeah. like over the over the hill over the cliff and like you know. And, and I was really surprised that like two crashed into each other. That was the dumbest like, thing. Oh, you, you that was the thing because I was like, you guys, this is your one job. You were like, <laughs> this is what you practice. And then coming now, it was so cool. They're coming out. It's so cool. And then they crash into you're so lame. You're so lame. Oh my God. I know. I know. I know. Now this happens in real life all the time. Like I understand that like in real military situations, like helicopters crash into each other, taking off all the time. And that's, but when it comes to action movies, you don't, you don't like, like our heroes didn't even cause that. That was them just being (laughs) dumbasses. Oh, it's so cringe. It's so, you guys are so lame. Oh my God. I also want to discuss with you two things. Uh, the first thing is, is that there, we missed an entire plot hole, apparently, according to uh, someone on my uh, Discord. Uh, shout out to Jer- you mean, you mean You mean besides the frog... The frog imp- impregnation scene. Jesus Christ, Preston. You and this frog impregnation <laughs> thing. Um, shout out to Jurgen on my Discord. He actually made a very good point. He he, he posted, uh, Mandalorian, what's a Jedi? Also Mandalorian, may the force be with you. Because remember, right. in episode two, this is something we actually didn't discuss. I don't know if you caught it. I definitely didn't catch it. Uh, Mando doesn't know what Jedi are, but he does right. know may the force be with you. Yeah. Because he says that to the two X-Wing pilots. Yeah, yeah. Now, some people are saying that this is a major plot hole. I don't know about that because it is completely possible for someone to say a phrase and not know the true meaning behind it. For example, right. my my uh, way of explaining this away and, and a reply to the uh, this, this person was, it's kind of like when people say, God bless you. Um, no one yeah. really knows like the true meaning behind God bless you, you know? But right, people say it anyways. Yeah, and it. it, it I, I was thinking about this as well, like Gazoon Height and stuff like that, and you, you know, God bless you. They don't really think about it. Um, when I was, uh, it's it's um, when I was, when I was in my early twenties, I, I lived in I lived in uh, Shanghai, and you, you learn a little bit of Chinese there, and so Beijing. Literally, like when you break down the word for Beijing, it, it means North Capital. And there's another city, Nanjing, which literally means South Capital. And, and Tokyo literally means East Capital in, in, in Japanese. Um, but what I remember saying to somebody, like I remember somebody else mentioning this to a Chinese person and they said, huh, I never thought about that. Because like they just they just say the word Beijing and they don't think that it literally and it so literally just means North Capital, but they never think like, oh, right. It means North, like the, the capital that's in the north. I've never, never thought about it that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that but that's like it, it's so basic. It's staring right in front of you, but you don't you know, you don't break it down. Um, somebody just pointed like I just read this the other day. I never thought about it. Like you, you ever played did your parents ever do this little piggy went to the market with your toes when you were a kid yes you know this pit little piggy went to market um we as kids we all assume it's like a little a pig with a shopping bag going to the market to go shopping no it's this little piggy went to market to get slaughtered oh i didn't know that and you're like right right you just don't think about it right you don't think like, about it's, it <laughs> it's something that's staring you in the face your entire life and you don't think about it so 
It could be that like maybe the force be with you. It just doesn't. That's just something people say in the New Republic could, because Admiral Ackbar in the New Republic, right? But it also could be that other religions like worship the force, and so when he's like, when he's talking about like Jedi and their and their magic and stuff like that, he may, he might not be thinking of it in 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 that way. He's just like, well, a lot of religions talk about the force. It's like it's like saying God or you know whatever blessing. Like, you know, he doesn't, yeah, so it could be that, but I mean, I think by itself, him not, him having not heard of the Jedi is idiotic, but I can understand the disconnect with, with a, with a, with a saying that people just say and him, not, him not connecting it to, to the Jedi. I can understand that. I think it's, but I think it's stupid considering that the, the heads of the new Republic were Jedis or at least their, their security agency and the head of the empire was a dark Jedi, um, you know, that he should have known that. But Well, I, I like the little piggy uh, market uh, uh, analogy much better than the God bless you thing, because uh, Jurgen did point out that it's kind of impossible to disassociate God bless you from God and religion in general. And he also doesn't mm -hmm. believe that the writers thought much about it anyways, that it was a bit of an oversight, which I guess you could argue that. But at the same time, for me, my headcanon is that may the force be with you is just a saying within the New Republic that they say to each other. Because a lot of the New Republic leaders like Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar have said it a lot of times. Even Han Solo at some point says it. So yeah. it's a whole thing that they say in the New Republic without giving much thought as to where it really comes from. It, it, it's also kind of like saying good luck or... May may peace be with you, or whatever. Yeah. But have uh, have have Jedi ever said "May the Force be with you" to non-Force sensitives? I don't. I don't think they ever have. I don't. I don't think that's. I'm, I'm thinking about the, the different times I've heard it. Like obviously, in the original movie, you hear "May the Force be with you" from the head of the rebellion to the to the to the soldiers. So those those are that's a non-Force sensitive saying it to people that he assumes are not Force-sensitive. And then you hear Ben saying it to Luke, but that's a Force-sensitive saying it to someone that he knows is Force-sensitive. But would, would like, inter-conversations happen? I mean, besides Han Solo saying it to Luke, a non-Force-sensitive saying it to a Force-sensitive. But he actually says it when he doesn't know that Luke has the Force. Uh, no, I think he says hmm. it to Luke, I think one of the very few times he says it to Luke, he was it Empire or Return of the Jedi? It doesn't matter, but the, the point still stands. The other plot hole is that uh, someone made a nice little uh, meme picture. I'm sending to you on Facebook now. Mm. I don't know if you uh, got it. I think he says it in the original Star Wars, Han, to, uh, to Luke. Oh, he might have. Yeah, he might have. <laughs> but uh, shout out to uh, Baby Ray, who sent me that picture. Uh, so, yeah, this is, I mean, so the big thing is like Obi-Wan Kenobi ages so quickly between Revenge of the Sith and, uh, and, and Real Star quick, Wars. let me set this picture up for the audience. Uh, the last time we see Bo-Katan is literally the same day we see Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. And we all remember what he looks like, a man in his late to early 40s, while... She looks like a woman in her early to mid-twenties. And then, we flash forward 19 years after Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan looks like a man in his 70s, while Bo-Katan still looks like a very young woman almost 30 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh. <laughs> this is kind of a, I, I don't want to say it's a bit of a plot hole because you could argue that different tribes of humans age differently. Differently. You could also argue that because we're talking about traveling at light speed and relativity, that people do age at different different uh, rates, mm-hmm. maybe. You know, so, there's different explanations. There, there um, is. But Interstellar did an amazing... Have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? I have, yes. Remember that one part where they go to the planet and it's like uh, 24 hours of them on that planet, but it's like 20 years back up in space with the, the black guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And actually, the you know how they leave the one guy on the surface and that you just assume he's he's died? People actually say that they could actually still mount a rescue mission for him because like the amount of time for the wave to come to hit him like is is just so many years like up 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 top so that they could completely do a rescue mission and get him like he you think like he he you last see him like face down in water as this tidal wave is coming and then they escape he could he's still alive like he he hasn't been killed yet so they could they could rescue him you know true no, not that there's ever going to be a sequel to to Interstellar. <laughs> I hope not. So we'll never know. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like movies do this kind of kind of stuff. Like you know, age people when it's convenient and don't when when it's not. Like soap operas love to take characters who are just born and then age them up to 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 where they can start dating and and interacting with the other adults. And then there's like the the X Men movies where they take place over the course of like 30 years and no one ages. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Mm. <laughs> there was just no point. There's no point in having like one movie in the seventies and the next one in the eighties and the next one in the nineties and have everybody the same age. <laughs> you're supposed to look like, he's supposed to look like Patrick Stewart in 10 years. I don't, I don't know how he's going to pull that off. Right. One guy, one guy was in Auschwitz. Like he was, he was in a, he survived the Holocaust and he looks like he's 50 in the 1990s. See, the new Disney canon has a great opportunity um, to explain why Obi-Wan is so much older. You could argue that the reason Obi-Wan is so much older is that maybe something happened during his exile in Tatooine where he had to exert so much of the force that it physically aged him. That would make sense. The other thing you could also argue is that Bo-Katan is Mandalorian and hundreds, thousands of years of evolution, maybe Mandalorians um, age slower so they could fight longer since they're a yeah. warrior race. So th- this is this is something in Star Trek. So in Star Trek, um, uh, Zephram Cochran is the guy who invents all of the, uh, the warp drive. And when they show Zephram Cochran in the original series, because he appears in some episode for some reason, I, uh, at least virtually or something, he's a young man. But then when you, when, you, when you actually watch Star Trek First Contact, he's an old man. And you're like, what the hell happened? And you're, people are like, well, you know, radiation, post-nuclear war, radiation, fast aging. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> so something happened, uh, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, so to me, um, uh, Bo-Katan being young, you know, warrior race, they slow, they slow, they age slowly so they could fight longer. And Obi-Wan... I, I guess you could argue that something happened to him while on Tatooine where he had to exert enough life force, enough of the force itself, where physically Maybe he's a clone. Him. Maybe he's a clone. He ages twice as fast. 
That's also possibly true. That is <laughs> this. This was this was an old theory actually back in the day that Obi Wan Kenobi was actually a clone, and that Obi One st- stood was a numerical thing standing I, for wow, old Ben. Really? Old Ben One. Yeah, old Ben One. Like he was a clone. I this never was a theory that went that. around before the prequels came out. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually that that that. It's not bad, actually. That that yeah. would kind of okay. I can see why people think and, that, right? And then you find out that Obi Wan, you know, it, Wan is just Wan. It's not yeah. Wan. It's not Obi. <laughs> it's not old Ben Wan. You know. On that note, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was okay. It was fine. It, it it's kind of, it's kind of just a neutral pass. Like it was an all action episode, so there's not much to say about it. Pretty like much one way or the other. Yeah. You know, like it was the action part. Like. Like I say, like I'm getting tired of of the meat grinder. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm not as tired of it as you are, but uh, you know they 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 should make stormtroopers more. Uh, I'm glad they made them faceless, but they make you should make them a little more soundless as well. Because them like doing the death screams really like oh oh shit oh yeah oh yeah. So and that, you know that's the thing if if we're if we're Entering into this Mando world where everybody's like, oh, anti-hero. Oh, like our main characters like have, you know, are, are not all squeaky clean. Like there's there's nuance to our characters. They all have like mixed paths where they've done bad things and good things. And, you know, they're conflicted. Okay. Then you can't then if we understand that these are real conflicted people, then you're just murdering stormtroopers who, you know, we have to assume are conflicted individuals as well who have nuance and depth that mm-hmm. was Finn like they've already they already is Finn and and Lando's daughter or whoever hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're into it man hold on this is good Hopefully you'll be into yeah. it as well for the next episode because it's supposed to be the big like thing where we get Ahsoka. And this is we're at, we're at the halfway point now. This is episode four. So apparently things are possibly going to heat up. Um, now that we've gotten, uh, you know, Gideon off again, um, now we got Gideon again and, and you know, the whole thing with Baby Yoda, that storyline deepening a bit. Hopefully there's not that many uh, side quests left and we can just go like main story, main story, main story onwards to the finale, which will take place December 18th, I think. Yeah, December 18th. So we have four more episodes. So hopefully it's just straight on story from here out. We'll probably get like a side quest in episode seven or six or something like that. But uh, I'm expecting big things in regards to the next episode where uh, we might finally get Ahsoka. And hopefully we can see those dark trooper looking dudes in action as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll eventually figure out how this is all related to Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real, that's the real mystery. <laughs> that's true. Preston, uh, do you mind if we wrap it up here? All right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time with more Mandalorian. Have a good one.